Welcome back to the Lore Lodge podcast. Um, I, I have had quite a day. <laughs> My brain is in a million different places right now. Oh yeah. But uh, as as the thumbnail or not the thumbnail as the uh, the um, what's the word title the title for this episode says I'm not kidding by the way <laughs> I am I am struggling as the title for this podcast suggests uh, we're we're gonna be talking about Atlantis <laughs> because. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. A few weeks ago, uh, when we were down in Tennessee, I did the podcast episode on... Um, two weeks ago i did it on lost civilizations tartaria uh the hittites the indus river valley whatever the hell was going on with linear a script in the minoan period yeah and as i was doing the research for that and then as i was coming around more towards uh you know getting research ready for other stuff i fell down a rabbit hole and i just got way back into the atlantis thing and all of the younger dryas impact stuff and i was driving back from tennessee and uh, there's a new Joe Rogan episode out where he's got Graham Hancock on the podcast, and I, I fell back down the rabbit hole, and I, I don't agree with Graham Hancock on everything. Like, I uh, like he he suggested some stuff in the podcast about the pyramids being older than we think they are, and I don't think that's accurate. Uh, I definitely think that the the current explanation for how the pyramids were built is inadequate. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that they're older than we think they are. What? Sorry, I'm just remembering a TikTok of, uh, it was a group of uh, Hispanic guys roofing, mm-hmm. and they were just going so fast and just like, you know, messing about or whatever. And just all, all the comments are like just positive, like these guys are like the awesome workers, like love mm-hmm. this or whatever. Just one that stuck out of my mind. This is why no one questions how the, uh, the Egyptians the, the built the pyramids. No, no, this is why no, no one questions how the Mexicans built the pyramids or how the Aztecs <laughs> built them. Egyptians, yeah, I don't know, but those the, guys, they so, knew what they were doing. So the Aztec pyramids are actually of a very different construction style, mm-hmm. and so are the Maya. The Egyptian pyramids are extremely heavily engineered. Yep. They are some of the most incredible architectural design that that has ever existed on this planet. I would imagine that's in relation more to like the internal room. Yeah, the internal rooms, but as well as just the way they were structured. Because what you have to understand is that Maya and Aztec pyramids, I don't know about the uh, the Indonesian ones, but the Maya and Aztec pyramids are not block on block on block on block. It's a pile of rubble covered in blocks. Interesting, okay. So, rather than, and don't get me wrong, that's still impressive. Yeah. It's just, the the point of the Aztec pyramids was to get higher. Yeah. It was to be high above the ground, closer to, to the gods mm-hmm. for sacrifices, and to show this imposing structure over all of the world around it. The Egyptian pyramids are tombs. Yeah. So they need an internal function. So whereas the Aztec pyramid's purpose is for what goes on on top, the Egyptian pyramid's purpose is for what goes on inside. Yeah. And a lot of people have looked at it and said, oh my gosh, well, these pyramids, like there's pyramids all across the equator, mm-hmm. like the, in the same band, 
is where you find pyramids. That must mean that aliens built the pyramids near the equator for some sort of purpose or whatever. And that, or Egyptians got to the Americas, and that's why there's a city in Tennessee named Memphis. And it's like, well, we named that city Memphis when we built it. Um, that wasn't really... Not, not exactly the kind of thing that they're suggesting happened there. Um, but yeah, so the, the Aztec and Maya pyramids, while being very impressive themselves, are a different structure with a different function. Mm. The Egyptian pyramids are, I believe, limestone blocks stacked on top of each other. Just was this thousands and thousands of them. Wasn't the the internal like what we see? Wasn't the limestone just the extra? It might just yeah. I think then yeah. I'm not I'm not totally sure how that all works out. Yeah. But the outer ones are limestone. Got it. The inner ones might be something else. It does. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that the construction is just truly incredible. It's insane. But they were supposedly built during the Copper Age Mm. or the Early Bronze Age, I guess. Yeah. And could you cut limestone that consistently with copper tools without them just going blunt constantly? It seems unlikely, but we also don't have any evidence that they use something else to construct these things. Yeah. So all we can really say is the pyramids were built a long time ago. Yeah. And they're incredible, but we have no idea... And we have suggestions, but there's really no concrete, like, idea of how this was done. Also, a lot of people think the Jews built the pyramids. The pyramids were there a thousand years before the Jews were. Right. So it was not the Jews. The Jews helped build the cities of uh, Pithom and Ramses, Mm -hmm. which were treasure cities. They were, you know, immaculate. Again, Egyptian engineering was phenomenal. Yes. Uh, The Greeks learned a lot from the Egyptians, and then the Romans learned a lot from the Greeks, and so on and so forth throughout history. Yeah. Everybody uh, learn from each other. Yeah, and the thing about society is it tends to stagnate once it reaches a certain point. There, Whatever the dominant society is, yeah. it hits a point at which it is content. Yes. It's comfortable. And they cease to truly innovate. Yeah. And then what happens is another rising power comes in and says, well, if we're going to beat them, mm-hmm. we need more. We need bigger. And so that's when you get, uh, nobody really took down the Egyptians, to be clear. Uh, the, you know, it, it took a long time. The Egyptian empire did not fall for the same reason that most empires fall. It was uh, an internal collapse that other civilizations took advantage of. What was the internal collapse? Uh, it just, it was, they stagnated. Fair. Um, now, of course, there's the Bronze Age collapse, which affected basically everybody, mm-hmm. and then you get the post-Bronze Age collapse, Dark Ages, and then you have the, the Neo-Syrians and the Neo-Babylonians and the, uh, the Hittites collapse. You get the, uh, the Persians coming. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, I cannot recall if the Persians ever conquered Egypt. I don't think they did, mm-hmm. um, but they may have. I, again, th- this far back in history, I can't recall stuff off the top of my head nearly sure. as well. But... What's important to understand is that eventually the Greeks did come in, yeah. and they conquered Egypt, and then the Romans conquered the Greeks, mm-hmm. and then, well, the Romans also had an internal collapse. But uh, <laughs> but the problem with Rome was it, it overextended itself, it yeah. stopped innovating, it stopped getting better. You can actually see as you get towards the later Roman Empire, there's a lot of, you know, their engineering, their technology that just kind of falls off. Yeah. 
because they had in in the the heartland of the empire they really had no problems yeah for such a long time at least no external threats that they started fighting themselves it seems like generally the way of destroying your empire is trying to continuously expand it that or getting to a point where you think nobody can destroy mm. you from the outside yeah which is precisely what plato claims happened to atlantis now it's important to note that plato does not attribute the story of atlantis to himself yeah or to the greeks and a lot of people look at this and and they draw some weird racial angle on it where they're like, oh, well, this all of this is just white people needing an excuse for how brown people did things. And no. <laughs> Plato's whole thing was, the Egyptians told me about this. Yeah. Now, he does go on to claim <clears throat> that the Athenian navy defeated Atlantis in combat 9,000 years before the time of Solon. That, no. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Yeah. But the stuff about Atlantis's location mm-hmm. and when it fell beneath the waves. Yeah. And why... Are all very interesting mm. because Atlantis is supposedly out beyond the Pillars of Heracles. Mm. Now, there's two things that get referred to as the Pillars of Heracles. There's a spot in the Peloponnesians, Peloponnesian Mountains, which is in southern Greece where Corinth and Sparta are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that formed the Peloponnesian League that fought against the Athenians. Um, and then, so to, to the west of that would be the Western Mediterranean. Yeah. Uh, there's also what is referred to as the Pillars of Heracles later on and to the, to this day, which is the Straits of Gibraltar, because there's mountains on either side. Yeah. Uh, hard to say which one Plato was really referring to. I could not find a ton of examples of things being referred to as the Pillars of Heracles in Greece, mm-hmm. but either way, we're talking about something west of Greece and Egypt. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff west of Greece and Egypt. Yeah. There are uh, what appear to be remnants of villages 50, 60 feet down in the Mediterranean. Sometimes, and there, some people have suggested there's more on the floor of the central Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Again, not a ton of evidence for that, but still interesting nonetheless, you know? Yeah. Then we've got uh, when it collapsed. Yeah. Which was, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll mention why first, because this gets mentioned in a lot of different mythologies okay according to plato atlantis fell because it grew uh prideful okay they lost their humility they fell to hubris Mm -hmm. and they thought themselves invincible and then the gods punished them they thought themselves better than the gods they didn't need the gods and so the gods sank their city in a day and a night of extremely violent rains and floods and just out of curiosity with this story which gods are we referring to uh plato's talking about the greek ones okay yeah so interesting right Mm -hmm. because if you go and you look at the jewish version of the flood story you get the same thing yes and it reoccurs over and over throughout different mythologies for example the zoroastrians believe not in necessarily the hubris aspect that, but that humanity became too successful. Yeah. It was getting too successful for its own good. Mm-hmm. We were outgrowing the earth. We were getting to a point where we, we really, we were on track for some sort of calamity, be it famine, uh, you know, war, whatever. 
And so the Zoroastrian god of good, Zoroastrianism is a dualist religion, so there's a god of good and a god of evil. Mm -hmm. God of good can create things, god of evil can warp things. This mm -hmm. is the same thing you see in Tolkien's mythology of the elves and the, the Ainu and uh, all those guys. Um, Ainu? No, that's not the word I was looking for. The Valar. Mm -hmm. um, so you see all of that reoccur in even, even Tolkien's work. Yeah. But throughout all of these ancient mythologies, you get stories of a civilization that became hedonistic, um, violent, wrathful, mm -hmm. greedy, and as a result, whatever gods struck them down mm -hmm. with a massive flooding event, or in the case of Zoroastrianism, which was a much more inland religion, mm -hmm. uh, a, a massive freezing event mm -hmm. where it got really, really cold. Yep. Now, the Zoroastrian religion doesn't necessarily say when this happens. It's just ages ago. Mm -hmm. The story in Genesis kind of gives us an idea when it happened, but that depends on how literally you interpret the Bible. Okay. Are the generations of Adam to Noah actually the, the years given? Or are we cutting people out of that? Are we going with the most important ones? Mm -hmm. How's that working out? Regardless... It's the same reasoning. People became wicked. And if you look at the Atlantis story, Atlantis becomes wicked, and the gods are forced to strike it down. Mm -hmm. And the timing. Atlantis is the one where we get the timing. Mm -hmm. Because what Plato says is that he discovered all of this via his, his ancestors. It was passed down to him from father to son, going back to Solon of Athens, mm -hmm. 600 BC. In 600 BC, Solon of Athens supposedly took a trip to Egypt mm -hmm. where the Egyptian priests told him the story of Atlantis. Now, if you go and you watch Graham Hancock, he's going to tell you that the Egyptian priests uh, said that Atlantis built the pyramids and blah, blah, blah. I don't know about that. <laughs> what I do know is that that timing... Solon's trip is six, 600 BC. Mm -hmm. 9,000 years before that is when Atlantis supposedly sunk beneath the waves. Mm -hmm. 9,600 BC is basically, we're, we're in the, you know, cosmically, we're around 2,000 AD right now. Yes. So, 11,600 years ago. For the longest time, Science was like, no, that's, th th there's no, no evidence for this, mm -hmm. total BS. And what was just at, for that period, mm -hmm. prior to any evidence, what was the theory? About what? The, about what you're... About Atlantis? Yes. Yeah, so with Atlantis, it was just Plato made it up. Okay, so it was it, it just picked a, a number? <laughs> Threw some spaghetti at the wall, saw what stuck. <laughs> so the 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 long-standing mentality was in the scientific community that one of the greatest minds mm -hmm. of all time. They're saying the volume's a problem. Let me see what I can uh, do about that. Give me one second, boys. Um, is that any better? Maybe that looks like it's probably better. Might be peaking a little bit again. New studio. We're doing our best. Yeah, we're, we're, we're making it work. Um, but yeah, so for, for 
a very long period of time, they just assumed that one of the greatest minds that they had known to exist in the world, in history, was just having a laugh. Not that he was having a laugh, but that basically he constructed this story as a way to talk about uh, hubris. Mm-hmm. That, that it was all part of his fable, all part of his philosophical work. Mm-hmm. That there was nothing in here that was real. It was just a collection of old stories that he threw together to, to include in his dialogues. Is that something that he does prolifically in his other works? Arguably. He does. I mean, it's very... So, uh, Plato... The best way I can explain this to people who haven't read Plato themselves... Mm-hmm. If you go and you look at stories from the Bible, like the parable of the prodigal son... Yeah. There, there was no instance in which a father had two sons... Gave them both inheritance and everything. One son went and did a whole bunch of random stuff with it. Uh, you know, drank and hoard and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the other was a good son. And then the other, the, the, the messy son came back and was received with open arms. Jesus is not telling a story of an actual event there. Mm-hmm. He's using that story to explain a part of the philosophy of Christianity. Yeah, it's a fable, a parable. It's a parable, yeah. You know. So Plato does that a lot. Mm-hmm. And he uses dialogues. So mm-hmm. he'll cr- construct two fake characters or two historically significant characters yep. who are who go way back. And he'll have them have a conversation wherein they express what he's trying to get across. Rather than just simply sitting there and writing down, you should do this because he has them argue mm-hmm. and debate. Uh, which, of course, he would have gotten from, you know, Socrates. I. Uh, But in this case, he gets the timing on the nose. Yeah. Wait, what are they saying in there? Oh, I don't know. Who, who knows? But yeah, the timing, he hits, he hits it on the nose. It is the right year. Now, to explain how you get there, we really have to look at where science has come in the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. Because in the 1970s, uh, a father-son duo... Uh, Luis and William Alvarez came up with a theory based on a strip of black rock that they found in a cliffside. Mm -hmm. The theory they came up with was if you look at the rock around it, you can measure the time, the geologic time scale here. This is when the dinosaurs went extinct. Mm. And the scientific community when, well, how? And they went, a crater. The, uh, an asteroid hit the Earth, mm-hmm. tossed up a bunch of ash and dust. All of it settled, creating this thin layer of black rock. Yep. And the scientific community went, well, where's the crater? And they went, we don't know. They were, they were laughed at. Mm-hmm. They were basically treated like, you know, like they were insane. Yep. And I'm not getting this from Graham Hancock. I'm getting this from when I took a course on the extinction of the dinosaurs in college. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Th- this was the, the lecture we got was... Mm-hmm. There was no crater. They couldn't prove it. So, huh? Yeah. Like, so, of course, in 1980, they published their paper on it. Everyone's like, where's the crater? In 1990, the uh, Chicxulub, I want to say, is how it's pronounced, but I don't know. That crater is discovered in Mesoamerica. Yeah. Immediately, 
Uh, keep in mind, I was born in 1997. Mm-hmm. When I was a little kid, I was obsessed with dinosaurs. Mm. I, I was like totally hyper fixated on dinosaurs. <laughs> Some people get trains. I That's got me. dinosaurs. Uh, I was the train one. I, what, what were the four categories? It's like the four horsemen of <laughs> what like, a small boy gets. I can't remember. Stuff. It's like yeah. trains. Uh, oh, space, like mm-hmm. rocket ships and astronauts, dinosaurs, and there's like one other thing. I can't remember what the fourth one is, yeah. but yeah. But I was a I was a dinosaur kid. Yeah. So I got really into dinosaurs and all this when I was a small child, like mm-hmm. three four years old. Yeah. In two thousand two thousand one. The asteroid killed the dinosaurs thing mm-hmm. was settled science. It was the consensus. Yeah. So I remember that growing up as well. It went. You, keep in mind, if if I had been born twenty years earlier, mm-hmm. there would have been none of that. The, really, it was that n- that yeah. quick, that quick yeah. turnover. So there, there's no evidence for this other than the line, the line at sixty five million years ago, mm-hmm. and they're laughed at. They're told this is ridiculous. You have no evidence. You know what's this line proof? 1990, they find the crater, and there's been a, a number of craters discovered since that they have suggested could be the crater. Yeah. Point is, two scientists were laughed at, and then very quickly after the missing piece of evidence was discovered, mm. suddenly they were mainstream. Yeah. You and I grew up knowing that it was an asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. Not, not it was suggested. No. Every piece of media about the dinosaurs from like was, 1994 yeah. on, yeah, it was an asteroid impact. I was told that the Grand Canyon was the one at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't. That appears to have been carved by flooding. Yeah, but I think the 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 suggestion is it was a comet that hit off the Yucatan, um, mm-hmm. or an yeah, asteroid that hit off the Yucatan. That's the that's, that you yeah, were that's the earlier, yeah, yeah, that's the chicks. Yeah, that's the suggested. Like this seems like the most likely option. Yep. But for a very long time after that, and even before that, scientists were saying there there was no extinction event. There was nothing twelve thousand eight hundred years ago, eleven thousand six hundred years ago. There was Mon- nothing there. Yeah, monster trucks and fire trucks yeah. were the other options. Also, yeah, I'm twenty four and I'm still obsessed with trains, so you're not alone. Yeah. So for a long time, we knew what the temperature was. Mm-hmm. We had we had the ice cores. We had the temperatures. Yeah. And there was this confusion within the scientific community about, all right, well, we're coming coming to an end of the Ice Age, the Earth is slowly warming up, and then suddenly 12,800 years ago, boom, it gets, it freezes. Yep. Glacial maximums, you've got glaciers that covered down to the Chesapeake Bay mm-hmm. in the North America, and down to, I think, like, Germany in Europe. Yep. Just massive glaciers. They had no idea what caused that. There, nobody could answer the question. And from the 1980s, people were like, maybe it was a comet. Yeah. Like, it could have been a comet impact. Mm-hmm. And the scientific community laughed at those people. They were like, where's your evidence for the comet impact? This is ridiculous. Like, that, that's not real. Yeah. In 2007, uh, I believe it was uh, Firestone et al., was the, the team. I don't have all the names yeah. on me right now. That's why they do the at all. Yeah, came out <laughs> with a paper suggesting that it was a comet impact. Yeah. And they had the graph. They had the their own version of the KT boundary. Mm-hmm. It was smaller, but uh, they you, had it. You might want to explain what the KT boundary is. Ah, yes. The KT boundary is that line of black dust mm. in the rock from, mean, when, from when the asteroid killed the dinosaurs. And what does it stand for specifically? I don't remember. 
I, it's something tertiary, I think. I believe it's Cretaceous something. Uh, when I was looking it at it. might be Cretaceous tertiary or something like that. Yeah, um, it was something along the uh, it, it was weird because it, Cretaceous starts with a C, but yeah. like everything was like Cretaceous something KT. Yeah. I, I feel like it's Cretaceous tertiary boundary or something yeah, like that. Um, Triassic? No, that was. That was the first one. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic was later. That's the second one. Yeah. Triassic, Jurassic, Cretaceous. Yeah. I believe you, you were a dinosaur kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, T Rex was in the last one. Yeah. Allosaurus was in the second one. Despite the fact that Jurassic Park has T-Rexes. Jura though. Jurassic Park just throws everything together in one yes. spot. Uh, where, <laughs> you gotta remember, these. this is literally more time than humans yep. have existed. Yep. In also, just one of those ages. I do love that in the Jurassic Park movies, it's like, don't move, the T-Rex can't see you if you can't move. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, scientifically, now we're just like, yeah, they probably had the best eyesight of any living being that has ever walked to the Earth. Yeah. Same with scent, like sense of smell. Mm -hmm. It's like... What we, yeah. I mean, they were also probably feathered. Yeah. Like, what? Well, actually, a video that I saw recently was that, um, like, different types of raptor definitely mm -hmm. were, but T Rex, due to its size and its its mm -hmm. body style, it was unlikely that it was. Oh. Uh, but apparently, that's a new development. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't studied dinosaurs extensively since I was seven, so. Fair. I was an expert when I was seven. <laughs> I was. I was top. You were PhD level, but you just I, haven't followed the literature. Andrew Tate may be top G. I was top D. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what top G stands for. I've never actually watched an Andrew Tate video in my life. Yeah. I, I just see the memes. Yeah, there's there's nothing valuable from watching. Oh, I didn't think there was. No. just It's just fun <laughs> to laugh at someone being an idiot. Yeah. I wouldn't want to get in a kickboxing ring with him, though. I feel like I would get no, my ass handed to him. No, yeah, no. I'll Probably be, not be a good time. I'll stay out of the ring with... Pretty much anybody. I will make fun of his intellect, but I will fully admit that guy would kick my ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the I love the rare opportunities when we have an actual like honest and like comfortable individual who's like, yeah, no, I know my limits. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely no way I'm winning that fight. Um, I will maybe get a punch in. Yeah, if you're lucky, that you'll consider it a win. If you yeah. make contact. Exactly. Before you hit contact with the floor. I would probably just tack, like try to tackle him. That yeah. would be my good <laughs> I have no boxing skills whatsoever. Oh, uh, not, no. Okay, I won a boxing match <laughs> against a guy I had 15 pounds on. Yes. But he had more practice. So I still count it as a win. Um, we'll put that story up on Patreon. Yeah. For those uh, <laughs> so, anyway. Um... Yeah, so the scientists found their, their version of the KT boundary. They theorized comet impact. Mm -hmm. Community laughed at them, they came out with a paper, and now it's kind of just accepted that, you know what, yeah, the Younger Dryas was probably a comet impact. Yeah. Um, but there's a problem. Sharp drop in temperatures, right? Mm -hmm. That's 12,800 years ago. Yes. 1,200 years later, mm -hmm. and 11,600 years ago, there's a sharp increase in temperatures. We don't know where, where that one came from. Wait, wait, wait. 12,000 years later 12, than like earlier? 1,200 years later. Oh, okay, got it. There's a crate. There, there's a, a spike in temperature. So it's theorized that what happened with the Younger Dryas impact was that a comet hit and this extraordinarily cold water mm -hmm. got dumped into the Gulf Stream. Mm-hmm really aggressively cooling the earth because that the Gulf Stream transports warm water 
yep. all around the, the oceans. Yeah. Uh, the Atlantic. So also, that's actually an interesting bit about climate change that's happening right now is something that not a lot of people are talking about is the fact that as like the changes that are occurring now mm -hmm. warm us temporarily, it's affecting the Gulf Stream's capability to bring warm water yeah. to the polar regions. So though it would be a temporary warming, it would set us into another ice age. Yeah. At least based off of what a large portion of the science is saying right now. Oh, a lot of people, I, I think, don't don't realize that's the danger with global warming. It's not it getting warming. It's it getting, it's colder. It getting colder. Yeah. Um, if if things got warmer on Earth, it would actually overall probably benefit the population. The amount of farmland that, that would uh, suddenly open up yeah. in both Asia and North America. Yeah, it might not be great for humans, but the Earth would be fine. Yeah. Thing is, the the Earth does have a natural warming and cooling mechanism, mm -hmm. which means if it gets too warm, it's going to correct itself and start to freeze. Yeah. Which happens, and we we watch this happen over you know millions and millions of years. Yeah. Uh, and eventually it does steady out. Yeah. But for millions of years, the Earth is just it's correcting like itself coaster, yeah. over and over again, and you get these thousands of years long uh, you know, like Goldilocks zones mm. where everything is perfect for whatever is on the planet at that time. Yeah. And I think there's a really weird suggestion that like that wouldn't happen with us. What do you mean? We There have been how many mass extinctions? Like five? Yeah, this is technically the sixth. Yeah, so these happen a yeah. lot. It would oh, be, yeah. We, we kind of should just expect that it's going to happen, even if we emitted nothing. Mm -hmm. If we contributed carbon neutral, net zero to the environment... The climate's still going to change. The climate would continue changing. We're just not going to directly we, we, we could yeah. be accelerating it right yes. now. Yeah. But it was going to happen either way. Yeah. Uh, the, the key is trying to figure out how to stop it. Which, well, but the, which <laughs> is what confuses me is in relation to we know that it fluctuates. Why do we keep trying mm. to prevent the changes that are going to happen... Whether or not we influence it, it'll you know that'll affect the timeline. But it's going to continue. Well, to, I think, why are we not focused on adaptation to the change? Well, we didn't know about the change. Fair until like the fifties. Yeah, that's fair. That, that's that's something a lot of people also don't like. It doesn't register. Is that we've only been aware of this stuff for seventy years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody had accurate Celsius temperature readings from. 1200 BC in the 1800s. Nobody would have figured out, nobody would have considered it possible. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Possible to know that we didn't even have Celsius in the seventeen hundreds. <laughs> like we're we're really yeah we're doing a lot of very quick uh, learning learning here. Yeah. And, and again, you got to remember, like th think about uh, when um, what was Al Gore's movie, uh, an uncomfortable truth or unfortunate truth? Oh, an inconvenient truth. An inconvenient truth. Yeah. When did that come out? Two thousand four, something like that. Uh, I think it was earlier. Was it, was it earlier than that? Yeah. Early 2000s or late 90s. Yeah. We had not yet discovered the Younger Dryas impact. That was discovered in 2007. Wow. Now, we knew about the warming and cooling. Yeah. We didn't know what caused that one. 
So think about that. When Al Gore was running on a climate change address agenda yeah. in 2000, we did not know what caused that cooling in 1,200 years ago. Yeah. How the hell were we supposed to plan? <laughs> yeah. Like, we didn't know what was causing this. Yeah. And over time, it, the, it shifted. It's gone from global warming to climate change, with the climate not becoming necessarily warmer, but becoming more extreme. Yeah. Um, so as, as we learn more and more, the way we're understanding the way that the Earth changes is changing a lot. Mm -hmm. But 12,800 years ago, it seems to have been pretty explicit what happened. Yes. It seems like there was a, a comet that hit. It cooled the Gulf Stream. It caused massive, massive global cooling. Mm -hmm. And for about 1,200 years, Earth was a frozen hellscape. Yeah. There was a very limited habitable zone. And the glaciers extended really far into the northern on the northern hemisphere side. And then 11,600 years ago, suddenly it just gets a lot warmer. Mm. Now, the suggestion currently is that it was probably another impact. Mm. Maybe an asteroid, maybe a comet, whatever it was, it seems like it hit the ocean, mm -hmm. which caused a lot of heating. Oh, right, yeah, because in relation to sending a lot of water vapor into the atmosphere, it created the greenhouse effect yep. and thus warmed the earth. The exactly. Yeah. So what they're thinking is the first one hit on land, mm -hmm. shoved a ton of ice into the water. Yeah. And then the second one hit the water, causing a greenhouse effect, yeah. cooling the earth. Yeah. Now, there are estimates that range from 500 feet of sea level rise in 100 years to 100 feet of sea level rise in 500 years. Either one of those numbers is catastrophic mm. for the coastlines. Yeah. They're seeing feet of sea level rise every decade at that point. Yeah. Um, if not more. E even if it's a foot yeah. every 10 years. Mm -hmm. That is a... That, that is so much sea level rise. Oh, yeah. It's nowhere near what we experience today. When you think about the volume of water that it would take inside of a 10-year span to make an ocean rise a foot, mm -hmm. that is a gargantuan amount of liquid. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Like, so how is it that Plato just happened to get that right? <laughs> That he just happened to describe what he what he places as basically overnight an entire <coughs> city sinking beneath the water. Some would say, as the kids say nowadays, he was just in a silly, goofy mood. That is true. <laughs> but in fact, it seems like Plato actually kind of knew something. No, clearly, yeah. And I think it's important that science and historians be, be open-minded about that. Yeah. There have been so many things we didn't know that we heard some myth about something and we were like, ah, that's bullshit. Mm. And then it turns out it was real. Yep. And I'm not saying that we got to sit here and be like, yeah, the, the Disney version of Atlantis is exactly what existed or that they had flying cars, that there were, you know, some sort of super high tech technology. We don't have to assume that they're the ones who built the pyramids. Yeah. But it does, it raises the question. Mm hmm. Why did the Egyptians tell Solon of Athens there was a civilization that was wiped beneath the waves 9,000 years earlier? That was more advanced than all the other civilizations around it. Not necessarily. They might have been the only one. Fair. But if you read it, what, what's being suggested isn't that we're looking at some sort of, you know, high-tech civilization. No, we're talking about, like, Mycenaean Greece. Yeah. We're talking about ancient Egypt. Yeah. It may have just been a 
a Bronze Age civilization mm-hmm. among the Copper Age world. Kind of Not thing. even Copper, Neolithic. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're talking Mesolithic, Neolithic period. Okay. So, but what that means is... We might be missing a pretty major chapter of history. Probably. And the problem is we've been looking in all the wrong places for Atlantis. We keep looking on land. Like, uh, Joe Rogan just had some guy on recently who was talking about the Rashad structure. And uh, I think it's in Mauritania. It is a large circle mm-hmm. with concentric rings. Mm-hmm. And in the middle, there's a, a speck of land. And it looks like, basically, you could have had a bunch of channels. And Plato describes Atlantis as a city of concentric circles. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? Yeah. What was that about? Uh, the Rashad structure is about 2.3 million years old. It's a volcanic dome that collapsed. Mm. That's not up for debate. They have found human artifacts in it, mm-hmm. but they're clearly Neolithic. Yeah. They're, and later. They are not, we're not looking at, like, buildings, tools, things like that. We're seeing, like, arrowheads, mm-hmm. clubs, yeah. shell jewelry, things like that. Um, would that area possibly have been green? Could have been. Yeah, probably. The Sahara was green yeah. at one point. But the Rashad structure is not Atlantis yeah. at all. We're looking in the wrong place. But if you look for concentric circles mm-hmm. 11,600 years ago, you find them at Gebekli Tepe in Turkey. Mm. Gebekli Tepe has a set of concentric rings going out mm-hmm. that are perfectly astronomically north-south aligned that change as the Earth's axis tilts over the thousand years that it was an active site, Mm -hmm. and then they buried it. How do we know that they actively buried it? Oh, it's, it's, that's like, just known. Like, it's very clear that they deliberately buried this. It is a man-made hill. Interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, the Gebekli Tepe means pot-bellied hill. Why would they bury a city? It's a great, it's not, it's not a city. It's a temple complex. Temple complex, What's interesting about it is it predates agriculture in the region. Mm. Agriculture, we're thinking, you know, 8,000-ish BC in that area. Mm -hmm. This thing was 9,600 BC. 1,500 years, 1,600 years. A lot happens in that time. Yeah, that's a big gap. So what, how, you look at all of it, and, and somebody uh, somebody I was having an argument with on Facebook recently was like, there's nothing special about Gebekli Tepe, there's actually a whole bunch of them that we're uncovering, that we're discovering, like, you know, like, all of these, the same exact T-shaped uh, megaliths and things like that, the ring circles and everything, yeah. we're discovering them all over Turkey, there's nothing special about it, and of course I'm sitting here like, does that not suggest an ancient civilization? Yeah. Like, like that makes Gebekli Tepe... More confusing. Yeah, exactly. The presence of more only makes each of them more mm-hmm. important. And they're the same age. Yeah. So, what was going on there? And they're all in the same region, and it seems like they're in a ring yeah. around Gebekli Tepe. Now, that is completely the wrong direction for Atlantis, based on what Plato told us. Yeah. Plato could have been wrong, but that is the wrong direction. But what it suggests is that maybe there were survivors. Because if the world around you if what you're seeing is massive sea level rise along all the coastlines, mm-hmm. you're going to head somewhere high. Yeah. And Cappadocia is pretty high up. Mm-hmm. 
other places that are pretty high up. Britain, in general, compared to the rest of the land around it, what used to be land, there was an entire subcontinent called Doggerland yeah. between Britain and Denmark. Yeah. It's gone. It's underwater. And we found, we have found, human artifacts in the water. Basically like in, the in, bottom of the English at, Channel? Yeah. <laughs> Not even the English Channel, east of England. Yeah. Where Doggerland was. They have found human artifacts from the, from the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. So, if you, if you look at all of this put together, all the myths from basically every culture from the Near East to the North American continent mm-hmm. about a great flood that happened in a, 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 to- a prehistoric time period. Yeah. Whether it's the very explicit 11,600 years ago that you get with Plato or the nebulous sometime, you know, before the Bronze Age of the Bible, mm-hmm. you're still getting... Massive flooding event wiped out ancient civilization. Yep. You get that, you combine that with Quebecly Tepe and the sites around it that appear to be similar. Mm-hmm. You combine all of that with the dating from Plato and the fact that we know about the Younger Dryas impact and we know about Meltwater Pulse 1B, which was the flooding event mm-hmm. that appears to have been caused by a comet hitting the ocean and causing water vapor. And when, when about was that? 11,600 years ago. Okay, so it was that big It really is hard to look at all of that together mm-hmm. and discount it. Yeah. It seems much more likely to me, looking at all of that, that we are in fact missing a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Rather than that all of this is just coincidence. Mm-hmm. Two of those things, you know, Plato getting the date right and... Younger Dryas impact. Okay, maybe he guessed. Plato getting the date right, Meltwater Pulse 1B, and megalithic structures that predate agriculture in a temple complex that is surrounded by other temple complexes that are all concentric circles. It's a little too many It's a little too many coincidences. Yeah. Um, Quick question. In relation to sea level, uh, where is modern sea level in comparison to... Before the Younger Dryas event. Modern sea level compared to it? Yes. It's just not even comparable. Are we much higher or much lower? Uh, than the... Well, it depends. Are you talking about pre-Meltwater Pulse 1B? Pre-Meltwater, yeah. Uh, we are higher, I believe. How much higher? Yeah. Uh, significantly, several hundred feet. So, <clears throat> in relation to your comment of they're looking in the wrong place, nice unintentional uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark reference <laughs> there, by the way. Um... Why would we not be looking? Obviously, it's hard. I was going to say, yeah, that other than it being difficult, <laughs> it's, it's hard. No, I would imagine <laughs> that we would much more likely to find an Atlantean culture mm-hmm. somewhere beneath the waves. You would think. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put it this way. Uh, there's a site, I think it's called Topper, mm-hmm. in, I'm, I want to say, North or South Carolina. Uh, it is a Clovis culture site. Which Clovis is? culture is... And just, just to be real, to really kind of just hit the note, be on the nose about this to the archaeological community, um, Clovis culture is 13,500 years ago mm-hmm. in North America. Mm-hmm. They're not advanced, but they're definitely a culture. You're going to tell me that's possible, but not a, you know... Copper Age civilization. Also, doesn't that slightly change? I'm, I'm vaguely remembering something that I saw or read 
in the past like three to five years, but wasn't there something that indicated that the presence of native people in America is actually a lot older than what we initially thought? A number thought? of things. Uh, so clothes first yeah. has been the dogma. That has been the archaeological consensus mm-hmm. for a long time. And just before we go beyond that, what exactly Clovis, is Clovis? Clovis, New Mexico, they discovered uh, a large number of arrowhead spear points, various Native American artifacts mm-hmm. uh, that were older than any other in the U.S. Okay. And they continued to find artifacts of that sort from around that time period, 13,500 years ago. Yeah. Clovis first, they started questioning. Well, not the archaeologists, but people like Graham Hancock mm-hmm. um, and some more fringe archaeologists, more, uh, you know, edgy ones who were like, maybe this is wrong. Maybe we should question the doctrine. I love the idea of the, the image, the mental image of an edgy archaeologist. Indiana Jones. I know. Like, but but I, love, <laughs> I love thinking of that in like a real life. Version. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the Clovis first dogma was the unquestionable. You did not question it. It was the thing. And at the Topper site, uh, they had a, an abundance of Clovis material. And I believe it was some grad students who asked, why did we stop digging? Hmm. Um, might have been a journalist, but uh, the, the archaeologist in charge of the dig was like, good okay, point. good point, let's keep digging. <laughs> and they did. And what they found was what appeared to be man-made tools and evidence of human habitation closer to like 50,000 years ago. Really? Yeah. Uh, now again, human? No, is this deeper at... Deeper. Clovis or deeper at Topper. Topper. Okay, deeper at Topper. And yeah. that's the South and, Carolina one? Yeah, and okay. of course, what they found on top of it was Clovis. Yeah. That was Clovis culture stuff. Yeah. Which, those are very far from each other, yeah. so that suggests nomadic populations. Naturally. Um But yeah, it was about 50,000 years, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. off the top of my head. And that didn't square with Clovis first. Mm-hmm. And so the reaction was, oh, those must not have been humans. <laughs> I love the mental gymnastics that people within research fields yeah. will do. It's like, no, that disagrees with either mine or the state. That disagrees with my thesis from grad school. Exactly. So, like, so yeah. I'm not going to acknowledge that because then I have to then go reprove my thesis yeah. or find something else. Not that that's how PhDs work, but you know what I yeah. mean? Just egotistically wise. Rather than just being like, oh, maybe we got it wrong. It's like, oh, no, it's just not human. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was... <laughs> And Grant, I will say, maybe it was a different hominid. Potentially. Potentially. I mean, there's, there's I don't, I think multiple modern, different ones. Modern humans are, what, 200,000 years, they say, I think? Something like that. And then, like, they, they become dominant, I think, 40,000 years ago. That sounds right. I re- if I remember from my, like, freshman anthropology course in college. Yeah. I don't remember what the timelines are for J- Jamie, pull out. Pull out. <laughs> I don't remember what the timelines are for Homo halibus or Homo erectus or uh, anything like them. Those, some of those go back like a million years. Yeah. Um, I think Australopithecus is 2.5 million years, I want to say. That's a long time. Um, or maybe it's 250,000 years. Maybe I've magnified my time scale by a magnitude of 10 here. Um, but yeah, what, look up by... Uh, History of... Uh, yeah, how, old, how old are modern humans... What are the flies? We have to fact check ourselves. Okay, here we go. So, Homo sapiens 
are about 2,000 years, years ago to present. <clears throat> What's up? No. <laughs> That's not right. That's what Homo sapiens about 200,000 years ago to present. Oh, okay. You said 2,000 years ago. Oh, sorry. You know, 200,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I was my like, Wait a second. Um, <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> uh, Homo florensis Florens, uh, is about question mark to 18,000 years ago. That's got to be a new one then. Uh, Homo neanderthalensis is 300,000 to 28,000 years ago. Yeah, so we started to, I was right, we started to dominate Homo neanderthalensis about 40,000, 30,000 years ago. Homo erectus was about 2 million years ago up to 50,000 years ago. They were around a long time. Yeah, they were. Like, And uh, Australopithecus, did I get the data right on that? When was it? Uh, not seeing them here. That's that one. Uh, I think. Do you uh, 1.8 million. I also pulled up. Uh, Look up Australopithecus. I want. I want to know if I got that one right. Um, but yeah, so that's I. Uh, did you get it? I'm about to. Uh, that's supposed to be like the earliest human ancestor. Yeah. Um, say what it was. Lived 3.7 to 3 million years ago. Oh wow! So I was actually. Not far back enough. <clears throat> Apparently. Yeah. I can't remember what I was talking about before this. Uh, we were... Oh, right. Topper. Yes. So yeah, Topper, it pushed it back to about 50,000 years. Um, and that was hard to square, but it was the only site. And then we got the Truruti Mastodon site, and I think that's California. Um, this one is not confirmed that it was human activity. But they found Mastodon bones, and it appeared that they had been butchered. Like, ah. it seemed as though something had cut into the bone, like a blade. Yep. That one is very iffy. Like, a, a lot of people have pointed to it and been like, no, no, that's real. That's real. That one's very iffy. Like, it, it's, they didn't find tools. They just found suggestions that tools were used. Mm -hmm. um, but that was 125,000 years ago. Okay. That's old. Yes. That's like the dawn of modern humans. But the one that kind of broke it, that broke Clovis first for good, happened earlier this year. Oh, really? That or it might, have been, it might have been last year. Um, <coughs> what, they, what they found was a human footprint, a modern anatomically human footprint. Mm -hmm. In the, uh, I think it was clay, maybe? Um or it had been sand or whatever, but they, inside of that footprint, found a seed. You can mm. carbon date seeds. You can't carbon date rock. Yeah. But you can carbon date a seed. Mm. And they dated it pretty reliably to, I think it was about 22,500 years ago. Mm. Something like that. That is not, you know, suggestion of something. That is not tools, but not footprints. That's a human footprint. Yeah. With a dateable with, with seed. a dateable seed to twenty two thousand ish years ago. Yeah, so that's what uh, seven, eight, nine thousand years earlier than. Yep. Clovis. Um, nine thousand years earlier. Yeah. That that has basically broken Clovis first. It's it's on the way out. Yeah. So who are we to say that the Neolithic was the first time? That we started building megaliths. Mm. It doesn't make sense. No. Um, and if you think about it, 
all of the evidence, if we are talking about a, a civilization that was building primarily in wood and stone, mm -hmm. you wouldn't find wood from 11,600 years ago underwater. No. Like, it, it would decay. Yeah. Stone you would find, but it would be heavily eroded. And considering what we're talking about here is a violent flooding event, probably wouldn't even be in the same place. That... Wouldn't be in the same place, and finding anything that's definitively intact from mm -hmm. that is probably going to be unlikely, especially yep. this long afterward. Yeah, and I think there is a... <clears throat> you might want to grab the computer again. I think it's called the Mini Road. The Mini Road? The Mini Road. The Mini Road. Yes, which is uh, in the Caribbean. Okay. Um, Bimini Road? Bimini. Yeah. This one's not that deep underwater, by the way. This is like in the Bahamas. Yep. Like you can you can see it from the surface. The Bimini Road, sometimes called the Bimini Wall, is an underwater rock formation near North Bimini Island in the Bahamas. The road consists of a 0.8 kilometer long north to northeast to southwest linear feature composed of roughly rectangular to subrectangular limestone blocks. Mm -hmm. And they form a J. A J. Ish in shape. Now here's the thing about that. Uh, it does not appear to be a natural geologic <clears throat> formation. No. If you look at it, obviously we can't pull up a picture at the moment, but if you want to look it up yourself on uh, another browser tab, if you're watching on a computer, Bimini Road. Now, I'm not saying that this is evidence of Atlantis at all. It's actually far too close to the surface to be evidence of Atlantis. But it is evidence of something we didn't know about. Some sort of culture, some sort of civilization. It also shows up on the Piri Reis map. And now, the Piri Reis map is from the 1500s. Uh, prior to the discovery of Antarctica, Antarctica is on the map. Oh! Mm -hmm. Now, I have done a video where I talked about some of the problems with stuff that's on the Piri Reis map. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's that's not the point of this video. Yeah. Uh, his claim was that he, he constructed his map using many, many earlier maps that we don't have examples of. Got it. What? The destruction of the uh, Library of Alexandria and its, its consequences. consequences. <laughs> terrible for society. Yeah, uh, it's... <coughs> so, you know, the, the point of this podcast episode is not to say that we, we know Atlantis existed, and here's the proof. Mm. The point is, we need to be asking the right questions. Yeah. We need to be asking, is this possible? And for the people that say no... I'm, I'm going to need an explanation as to why. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not satisfied with, oh, well, we just don't have the evidence. Okay, we have the circumstantial evidence. Yeah. We have the, the stories. We have the ancient structures. Mm. That's adorable. Yes, it um, is. Is he in there? No, no he's not in the frame. Um, sure. We just don't have the concrete evidence. What? Oh, there he is. You see his face. <laughs> Small boy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, that's that's kind of what I wanted to circle back to at the end here is we have evidence that something existed. Yeah. That human beings were building things that we really shouldn't have been able to build. Mm -hmm. Unless we were wrong about something. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is we were wrong about Clovis first. Mm. Could we also be wrong about the advent of agriculture? Could we also be wrong about when civilization really started? Is it possible that Sumer was not the first? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it really Absolutely, is. Yeah. The reason we call Sumer the first is because it's the one we have the oldest examples of. Mm. Like, that's yeah. literally what it is. Is 
the way Sumer was discovered mm-hmm. is essentially the same thing that's going on with Gebekli Tepe right now. Yeah. They were like, wow, this is really old. And this is really old writing. At Gebekli Tepe, wow, that's really old. Mm-hmm. And there's no writing. Yeah. But it does depict animals that are not native to Turkey. That's interesting. It is astronomically north-south aligned. It's not the kind of thing... Here's, here's the, the nuts and bolts of it. It's not the kind of thing that a group of people who just started their civilization yep. would build. You know, it's clearly very well planned out. Yeah, it, it, it implies at least a few hundred years of civilization. Yeah. Which, and the, the key to drive home there mm-hmm. is that this is before farming, yep. so thus before civilization is supposed to exist based mm-hmm. off of the current record. Exactly. So for there to be evidence of not only a civilization, but evidence of something being created by a civilization that was very well thought and planned out from essentially a civil engineering standpoint, Mm -hmm. would mean that not only did they have the capability and the time to dedicate two building structures as like a primary, I'm not going to say primary job, but like they had the... I don't want to say free time either, but that's kind of what it is. They had the capability beyond hunting and gathering to focus on other things, Mm -hmm. which would indicate that they probably had some stable source of food, which would mean some form of agriculture. Mm -hmm. Or storehouses. Or storehouses, or just something to indicate some form of organized and structured Mm -hmm. state of living. When I look at Gebekli Tepe, what I'm seeing, I think, is... What I think we have there, and I have nothing to support this. Like, no concrete evidence. Mm-hmm. But what I, when I look at it, what I think is there... What I think makes the most sense mm-hmm. is that... That was a remnant. Mm-hmm. Those were climate refugees. Who found mm-hmm. a high place yeah. where there was fertile land. And that Gebekli Tepe was their monument... To whatever they had lost. Yeah. That they were trying to leave a record of what existed before they got there. I wonder how many things we will find upon the recession of the waters during the next ice age that we just don't mm-hmm. have the capability to look for because it's underwater right now. One thing that Graham Hancock mentions that I think is is absolutely worth looking into um, is aerial surveys uh, of the Amazon rainforest using, I forget the name of the technology, but there's a technology that allows us to uh, basically penetrate through the canopy. Well, like LIDAR? LIDAR, that's exactly what it is, yeah. LIDAR technology that allows us to see what's under the canopy Hmm. topographically. And what they found is cities in the middle of the Amazon that are just buried by forest. And there are Spanish explorers from the 16th century who mention sailing like rowing down the amazon and just thousands of people Mm -hmm. and cities in the woods and it's just gone yeah now granted that's not that's not to say that that's like the same civilization that built atlantis yeah but there's something under there and we're not sure what it is Mm -hmm. we we have not adequately discovered this yeah we need to start looking into things like that Mm -hmm. because the fact of the matter is as long as we don't, the ancient aliens people, 
and the more uh, fringe types like Graham Hancock, not he himself, he's actually been pretty good about it. Yeah. Um, there's a few things that, again, like I said at the beginning of the show, I think he's a little off on because mm-hmm. he's not a historian. Got it. Um, he's a he's a journalist and an author. Yeah. But, you know, as long as we don't investigate that stuff, and we don't try to get to the bottom of what it really is, mm-hmm. the conspiracy theorists are going to run wild with it. And they're going to keep saying, you know, oh, you won't investigate it because you know we're right. You gotta look into it. You got to look into this stuff if we are going to ever understand our past. Yeah. Because I mean, think just just think about where we were three hundred years ago. Mm. We had no idea about any of this evolution stuff. We had no idea about genetics. Yeah. People, the the, the scientific consensus in the 1700s was that Africans were not the same species as us. That they were subhuman. Yeah. Now today we know that's completely not true. Yeah. But it's just it's laughable that just that mm-hmm. recently we had ideas like that. 30, 40 years ago, we thought Neanderthals died out because they were dumber than us. That does not appear to have been the case anymore. Mm. Now it appears we interbred with them. Yeah. And that the problem was not that they were dumber. In fact, they may have been smarter. Mm. They have, they had tools that we did not have. Yep. They were capable of creating fires that were extremely hot. Um, they were using adhesives. Like they, they were ahead of us. Well, they were also allowed, around a lot longer exactly. as well. So what appears to have happened was that we had more people. Mm. There were just more of us. Yep. And we were taller and faster. Mm. And the way that modern humans are built, we're built for things like throwing. Yeah. Neanderthals weren't. They would probably be able to stab you with a spear in a very traumatic way. Yeah. They probably weren't going to be able to throw it at you with a ton of force. Yeah. So in a situation where you've got a tribe of Neanderthals and a tribe of Homo sapiens, but, okay, Homo sapiens sapiens, yeah, because they're Homo sapiens as well, um, That another thing that I didn't know until college was uh, Neanderthals were not a totally separate they were homo sapiens neanderthalensis yeah we are homo sapiens sapiens yeah we are very closely related to those guys yeah you and i have neanderthal dna is the is the sapiens sapiens thing because kingdom phylum class order family genus species uh, last i checked it's like a sapien, subspecies thing i was gonna say yeah because last i checked sapien and neanderthalus were the the species elements yeah but i guess now that that's being challenged they are kind of reorganizing that was, that was like the last 10 years i think was okay. that they started basically saying homo sapiens neanderthalensis and homo sapiens sapiens mm-hmm. are both homo sapiens it's just they split from there yeah so we share the same common ancestor yeah. and then we were probably able to interbreed yeah because we have neanderthal dna which means we have to have been the same species yeah because interspecies breeding cannot produce fertile offspring yeah so we have to have been the same species as neanderthals which is just insane. Like that's so cool. Oh yeah. When you to, to think about and to explore those possibilities. But we appear to have been in a situation where if there was a fight between a tribe of the Antals and a tribe of humans, mm-hmm. we probably were able to take them out from a distance. Yeah. With javelins. Just and even still, just the fact that we had the size. We're bigger too. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're yeah. about I think the average height of a Neanderthal male was like 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. Uh, humans, humans on a hunter-gatherer diet tend to hit 5'10 to 6 foot. Yeah. 
Um, that that's also another funny thing is like a lot of the reason that you know different populations are smaller than others today is their diet. You know, if you look at populations that eat a lot of meat, a lot of fresh vegetables, uh, a lot of dairy, you know, lots of healthy fats and everything, mm -hmm. and grains are a more minimal supplementary part of their diet, mm -hmm. those people tend to be a lot bigger. Just in terms of, like, height. Yeah, yeah. height and muscle mass yeah. and bone density. Yeah. And then if you look at places where that diet is not as common, mm -hmm. those people are smaller. Yeah. Asians. Think about Asians in the United States. Mm -hmm. Typically, not not that small, especially like third and fourth generation. Yeah, usually five ten to six foot. Yeah, like I'd say five eight to six foot. Yeah, because that's the that that is the average distribution yeah. for an adult male. Yeah, Asians in Asia, where the diet is a lot more focused on things like rice and fish, mm -hmm. they're shorter. Yep, Africans whose diet is very heavily reliant north uh sorry sub-saharan africans whose diet is very heavily reliant on meats and potatoes and sorry well, yams yeah but things like that and the grains are not nearly as prominent mm -hmm. they're taller that your africans are six foot six two yeah and then you look at you know obviously genetics plays a role yeah but when you look at the normal distribution in an ethnic group yeah a lot of it has to do with diet yeah makes sense um so early hunter-gatherers were extremely physically fit. They, they ate better than we do. Mm. <laughs> In America, it's not that now we're like, now. Now we're like, I want every soybean oil. Yes. I want all the seed oils. Yes. I got a uh, granola and yogurt at Wawa mm. last week. Yeah. The granola had canola oil in it. Really? Why? Have you, ever tasted, have you ever tasted canola oil? There's not much taste to it. It does not taste good. No. It is not a taste enhancer. It's like a binding agent. Yeah. Um, you use it to, like, keep your pan slick, which I don't know why you would do that when butter exists. Uh, just burning temp, I guess. I know some people like... Clarified butter. Guys. I have an entire jar of clarified butter in there. It gets up to, like, 450 degrees before it burns. I guess a lot of people just aren't aware of that. They're, they're, you know why? <laughs> the food lobbies. Yeah, fair. It's much cheaper for them to feed you seed oil. <laughs> yeah. It's cheaper um, to mass produce. Yeah, that's that's entirely what it is. Uh, but yeah, so these people ate a lot better than we did. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it seems like what happened with us and Neanderthals was that we interbred with them, possibly killed a lot of them off, and just population-wise just replaced them. Yeah. Um, but there is evidence that they may have had, like, not necessarily settlements, but stops where they would hunt for a while, erect structures, and then move on. Yeah. That, that seems likely. They're, we're discovering more and more every year about the past. And I am excited and hopeful about what we're going to continue discovering. Mm. But with that... I think it's time to turn it over to question time. I would say so, yes. <laughs> uh, for those who are not familiar, or as a reminder for those who are familiar, just because we like to remind you, um, <laughs> this is now Super Chat time, so we will answer as many Super Chats as we can. Uh, it just, you know, helpful to us, helps to consolidate it's, the questions. It's what funds the show. And if yes. you guys get to $2,000, I will do the Twitch cat mainstream. So yes. you have, I think, We're one gonna... more episode after this to make up 
for the Catmade stream. Why not? Like, um, yeah. Another way you can support us is, of course, to buy our merch. Uh, we yes. have a Pity for the Gourd shirt out now. For those who have not seen that weird Bible yeah. episode, I I'll, would recommend uh, checking it out because it I'll is... see if I can pull that it guy It was up. fun. Yeah, let me, uh, Are we doing a weird Bible this month? Uh, no, because we did two earlier this month. Right, yeah. So we'll be sense. back to it in December, yeah. Christmas weird Bible. Christmas. Christmas Bible. Can I open oh. Google? Thank you. Ah, went over there. He looks like vaguely concerned about what you may or may not be doing. <laughs> Archie does? Yeah. Yeah, really quickly log into Spring. So actually, I don't even have to log in. I can just go to <gasps> lorelodge.shop. Typically how it goes. So, uh, this is our pity for the gourd. Oh, you sh yeah, nice. Um, as you can see, it's got some gourds behind it. It comes in crop hoodie, t-shirt, uh, got tanks. I'm sorry, did you say crop hoodie? Yeah, we have crop hoodies. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as you can see, it says that it has the Lore Lodge logo on the back of it. So if you, <laughs> this is a good way to support us. <laughs> yes. And I mean, this shirt's just hilarious. Uh, we have a number of others uh, you can get. Th this one's my favorite. It's the, the redacted. Just says redacted across the front, and then the back has the logo on it. So that's a solid way to support uh, what we're doing here. Uh, let me. There we go. But yeah. Uh, let's see. Archie looks like, through. like confused. <laughs> All right. So uh, I see one super chat says would you ever consider covering rory gallagher on youtube i don't care what song which means i see you guys do something for such a great artist rory gallagher do you not, know who that is not familiar we look into it we can't do it on youtube because they'll demonetize us but we can do it on twitch i mean we did do the one we were supposed to make that a monthly thing well it would be uh this week wouldn't it no it would have been last week yes uh no second to last thursday right yeah so it'd be thanksgiving last is there another Thursday after Thanksgiving? Is there not? I thought I thought Thanksgiving was always the second to last. No, it's always the last Thursday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Aha. So yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll so get it. Yeah, so last Thursday. Yeah, we were a little uh, a little busy last week. We had a very busy <laughs> November. Yeah, November was kind of nuts. But yeah, we would consider that. I just gotta look into who it is and see yeah, uh, what he's got. Rory uh, Gallagher. Okay, I'll check that out. Oh, watch, watch oh. boy! Oh, the boy! Look him up. Want to join me? Come on. Come on. Now oh, he's got to make a choice now. <laughs> oh. oh. I feed this creature. <laughs> well, he was up on you earlier. You bastard. I, you know what's funny, though? I offered I offered my lap for like five minutes, and he didn't want to take it. But as soon as he was put into a panic situation of having to choose, then he comes up. My Jonah 4-9 hoodie came in right in time for my youth group's baking competition. I was the most dripped out youth leader here. Love, <laughs> Love that. Aw, oh, thank you, Kellen. Thank you, Kellen. Much appreciated. It says, no question, just happy Thanksgiving, boys. Should be about tree fitty after, <laughs> after taxes. <laughs> so for each of us, that's like 175. Yeah. I guess it's good for part of a coffee at Starbucks. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, every little bit helps. Is the oh god, yeah. Thing. I just wish YouTube didn't take so much. I wish there was a way we could do this where we could take it directly and not worry about YouTube. But I mean, Venmo and Cash App. Yeah, but how do we work that in? I think there is a way I can work that in actually, and I'll see about it. But Fair. I'm not good at programming Streamlabs. Uh, I want an abuser, abuser in metal font. <laughs> That'd be great. That would be good. The abuser, abuser. No thought to think. He doesn't. No, Archie. Archie doesn't need much to be happy. No. He he kind of he kind of vibes. We all should learn how to be more like Archie. He's quite the stoic. Uh. <laughs> Do you see? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull Wait. it up on my phone so I can look through. Can we just start putting Archie's face on sweatshirts that have like famous quotes from stoic philosophers? <laughs> Could actually be really funny, right? That'd be fun. Uh, Entropy in Streamlabs. I'm looking through for uh, non-Super Chat questions. Uh, Remember, Super Chats are what allow us to fund the show. <laughs> yes, quite literally. Uh, when did Joe Rogan get a hair transplant? <laughs> Who, you? I'm assuming. <laughs> Into thin air on Atlantis? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we gotta get some scuba certifications first, but sure. Let's see, uh... Yes, my uh, my Twitch is the same as my TikTok. It's the Aiden Mattis. Um, scrolling through, <laughs> Sam T said they're like we don't have the evidence. Isn't it your job to look for it then? Kellen gave us one ninety nine for vibes, and I love thank it. you. Um, the Funk Files said, "Hey all, big fan of the show. Your in depth research and engaging method of storytelling is fantastic." Keep it up. Also, our favorite Arthurian legend. Well, thank you so much, first of all. Um, favorite Arthurian legend, man. Uh, I I am partial to Colwich and Olwyn simply because there's a like three-page long section where he's just naming knights and what they're good at. <laughs> and this great. would just be recited at courts it's, from is, memory. Is this basically just his version of the Patreon thank you bit? Probably. <laughs> uh, he's buttering people up. <clears throat> it's Colwitch. He's like, and you, noble sir, and you, noble sir, and like all that. Uh, I, I love that one. Tristan and Isold is also a good one. Um, very, very good, like, Arthurian romance story. Oh, nice. Uh, and then Egadothan is, is also up there. It's not really Arthurian, but it, it mentions Arthur. And mm -hmm. it's one of those things that uh, it's close enough to when he would have lived that it it's evidence that he was a real figure. Yeah. So I just think that's really cool. Um, do it jiggle. It do. Do what? Do what jiggle? He jiggle. Aren't you jiggle? Oh, he do jiggle. He do jiggle. Um, where do you think... Atlantis don't dribble, dribble, it folds. <laughs> no, but we we'll see you wiggle, wiggle. For sure. <laughs> uh, where do you think Atlantis is? Um, it's hard to say. I feel like, uh, based on known, <sighs> I would. I think it's got to be either right outside the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. Like maybe where the Azores are, the Canaries. Mm -hmm. 
Um, or it's somewhere in the Western Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the two. I don't really, I don't see any other possibilities. I feel like that makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. It's probably what was an island in the Mediterranean. Maybe, but there's not, there's not a ton of evidence for anything that would fit the description. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's mm -hmm. probably what would no longer be above the surface island. Yeah. So yeah, I just I, I would have to look at a topographic map of the ocean. I've been trying to find one, but they probably still don't have any complete ones. Well, the well Google has, you know, the satellite stuff. It's just it's hard to find one that marks the below sea level altitude. Yeah. So if I had that, that would help. Yep. But I, I genuinely don't have a, a concrete opinion on where it would have been. Uh, what else we got in here? Atlantis <laughs> in the water, duh. <laughs> That's true. Um, Dennis of Vussy. Oh, oh, are you are you changing sides? Come, Come here. here. No. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Come here. Who do you think you are? Oh. What do you Around think? Around you in the sky, collecting your job. What a good boy. What a good boy. It's gonna be weird for the audio version. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, what a good boy. We're gonna assume I'm petting you. I mean. I mean, Archie, I need you to move your haunches. <laughs> your your flanks are kind of like. <laughs> Come here. Oh, yes, you're a good boy. Ah, Mama. Well, I mean, it looks like that's basically it for questions. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, thank y'all for tuning in. How's the moving been? Hell, but it's almost done. <laughs> next uh, next is the sound panels go up. I've just got to figure out how the hell I'm going to do it. Uh, oh, I was looking at like Lowe's and stuff. Mm -hmm. They have rolls of or like types of foam that we could use mm -hmm. to just like hang up as sheets of foam. And then oh, I just wanted to put those on top of it just to be extra. That could work. But yeah. For how much? Uh, I don't know. We should go to the store. And we should go to the store and look at Yep. So that's that's the next one. Uh, oh boy, a bunch of new things came in. Um, Archie gets all the kisses, right, Archie? He's a very good boy. He's the best puppy. Still trying to figure out what I, what I think the best plan is. Atlantis is in Detroit. Oh God, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> For many reasons. They took though. my Atlantis. Can't have shit in Detroit. <laughs> Imagine if that was the original thing. Somebody have, stole my city. Can't, can't have shit in Atlantis. <laughs> can we get Nawu? We can. Good boy. Your service is appreciated. Well done. <laughs> He's just so cute. I love that he just understands to join in. Uh, did I miss a drinking stream? What the hell was that Lion King shiz? <laughs> what? What? I don't know. I just felt like it. Oh, uh, yeah. Dude, use the foam pieces from Woods. We put them in our church fellowship building and it cut the noise so much. All right. I was guess it? that works. Foam pieces. Where did you see that? Oh, uh, foam pieces. From, oh, Lowe's. Okay, yeah. We put them in our church. Okay, cool. Yeah, sweet. All right. We'll look into it. And we have a Lowe's right down the road. We do so have a Lowe's right down the road. It's very Lowe's maintenance. For Lowe's prices. For the Lowe's prices. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will be back next weekend. 
and we will have another video for you on Friday. Yes. Do I know what on? No. But do we know when we're going to film it yet? No. no. <laughs> will it be there? We'll see. It will. It will. <laughs> it will be there. Or be square. Yeah. But of course, there's the one we put out last Friday, so if you want to watch that one, you're free to. <laughs> you're more than All right. Welcome. But thank you guys so much. I need to get a mat for this. Oh, yeah. That'd be, yeah. That'd be a good call. So we will see you on the next episode. See you, everybody.